Hi, I'm Carmen LaBerge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBerge. Your daily encouragement that God has the world in the hollow of his hand. This is Mornings with Carmen LaBerge on Faith Radio. Good morning, good morning on this first good morning of 2022 together. Maybe you're just joining us for the very first time. Maybe over the holidays you said to yourself, you know what? I want to start my day off with some Christian uh, radio. I want to get up in the morning and hear the good news of the gospel. And I want to hear the mind of Christ brought to bear on the headline news of the day. Well, you have found your home. My name is Carmen LaBerge. This is Mornings with Carmen on the Faith Radio Network, and we want to welcome you. Good morning, good morning, um, and hello. So as soon as we say good morning and hello to this brand new year on January the 3rd, it seems um, important to also say goodbye, right? It is like wave back over our shoulder and give a nod to the year now past. There is an importance to looking back, but not staring. That would be um, a line from my mom. Right. She would be like, well, look back, but don't stare. Right. So because you can only oh, this would be the end of that. <laughs> like this just came to my mind as a kid. So she you you were allowed to like reflect on something that had happened, but you weren't like allowed to dwell in it. She wanted you to be forward looking. And so she'd say, now, it's OK to look back, but don't stare. You cannot land on the runway behind you. <laughs> yeah, that was that was the end of that little moralistic teaching by Ruth Ann. Um, and that is true. That is true. So it's important for us to be a people who remember so that we do not forget. Um, it's about learning lessons. It's about recalling to mind the things that God has done, the places and times that he has showed up and provided and taken care of us or used us uh, according to his will. But we can't live in the past. And we're not called to live in the past. We are called to live in the present and acknowledging the very real presence of God in this moment. And yes, looking ahead, looking forward, um, being sure that our feet are headed in the right and righteous direction, that we are in step with the Spirit, that we are anticipating the future filled with hopes that yet set before us, that we are acknowledging um, with, I think, sober preparation that God has work for us to do. Um, So we're going to make plans. I hope you have made some plans for 2022, Um, and I hope that your plans include, all right, you know what? I'm going to need to live as an agent of grace. I've been called to live as a minister of reconciliation. I am um, going to be God's person of peace. Now, all of that, all of that, as soon as we say those things, all of that acknowledges or recognizes that we live in a world in need of grace. Why would God need agents of grace if we didn't live in a world of disgrace? Why would God need ministers of reconciliation if we didn't live in a world of brokenness and unreconciled relationships? And why would God need people of peace if we didn't live in a world ravaged, ravaged at the personal and interpersonal and certainly um, national level, global level 
uh, you know, uh, of war. Like, you don't need peace if there's not war. And you don't need people of peace if there's not warmongering. So we're called to be his witnesses no matter what and, and everywhere at all times, no matter the circumstances we find ourselves in, come what may. And so as we make our plans for the year ahead, I want us to be people who are inviting of the Holy Spirit to indwell us, to fill us, to empower us, to lead us, to um, knit us together, to supply for um, the, the things that only God knows lie ahead. Because God has prepared in advance good works for us to do. Um, God has prepared in advance those places where he wants to send us as agents of grace and ministers of reconciliation and people of peace and his witnesses. Um, And so it's our responsibility to um, invite the Holy Spirit, to participate with the Holy Spirit, yield to the Holy Spirit. I'm looking for a word here. Cooperate, that's the word I'm looking for. Cooperate with the Holy Spirit. So, Holy Spirit, I will cooperate with you today. You are welcome here in my life. I trust, I trust that you know um, the, the plans you have for me, the instruments, uh, the, the instrument, the instrumental way in which you intend to use me according to your will in the day which now lies ahead. And so use me, use me, God. Pray that with me today. Pray with me that the Spirit of the living God would fill you. Be cooperative with the Spirit. Yield to the Spirit in order that we might walk not only one by one with the Spirit, that we might walk together by the Spirit, advancing the gospel always and in all ways. This is 2022. Let's, uh, let's talk about getting our calendar into view up next. Welcome to Mornings with Carmen. Well, good morning again. I'm Carmen LaBerge. If you're just joining us for the very first time, this is Mornings with Carmen. We're so glad that you're here. Um, some of you are already asking, hey, is all of uh, is all of that that you just talked about, um, is that from the Bible? Yeah, it is, actually. You can, read, um, you can read about the way that we are God's workmanship in, uh, see, that would come from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. That means that this year, God has already prepared to use us, to take us into his, uh, into his hands as instruments of his will. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand. That means God already has this next year in view. God has the next hour in view. He has the next day in view, on and on and on, that we should walk in the good works that he has prepared for us and that we should do so as instruments in his hands. And yes, uh, Scripture calls us um, agents of grace and ministers of reconciliation, ambassadors of the kingdom, that's who we are as the people of God in the world today. And yes, we are called to be led by the Spirit. I guess I'm thinking about Romans eight fourteen that says, 
for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, well, those are the sons of God. And so if you're going to be children of God, sons and daughters of God, and we're going to be Spirit-led, and we're going to be Spirit-filled, there will be outward evidence of that in the world. And what will that evidence look like? Well, that evidence will look like what Paul talks about in Galatians chapter 5. We think of it as the fruit that comes along with the Spirit, right? So where the Spirit is operating, there is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So that's going to be the outward evidence. That's going to be the production in our lives, what is produced along the way, along the path of a Spirit-led, Spirit-filled person. That's what it's going to look like. So when we think about uh, the year now before us, 2022, uh, my guess is that you have already started putting things on your calendar. I have started putting things on my calendar. I intend to be here Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 a.m. Central. I sure do hope um, that Paul Perot intends to be here as well. Good morning, sir. Is he there? Is he there? Hello? He's there. He's there. He's just busy doing something else right now. Paul is the very faithful producer of this program. Um, and so on our calendar for the year ahead, we have lots of conversations planned with friends that you have heard in the past, new friends that we will make, uh, in this year as we bring the mind of Christ to bear on the headline news of the day. And so this morning I thought, you know, let's talk about some of the plans that we make, and then let's acknowledge that the Lord makes his plans as well. So what have you got planned? What are you thinking about, uh, in terms of, I don't know, movies you're anticipating, um, contests or games you're anticipating, things you're anticipating um, economically or politically, forecasting of the weather. All of those um, made my list this morning of what are all of the things that we anticipate, things we anticipate from a worldly point of view. So um, there's going to be a litany of books published. You can actually find uh, lists of books that are going to be published in the new year that publishers hope you will read. Hope we will read. Um, and so that provokes me to ask, do you also have a Bible reading plan? We're going to talk about that this morning, uh, getting a Bible reading plan into view. If you haven't already, you can join us in our Bible reading plan at Faith Radio. Just go to MyFaithRadio.com and sign up to join us. It's not too late. This is a really good time to start reading. Uh, and if you don't have a reading plan yet, today's a good day to, to get one. So... Um, Books that are going to be published is certainly sort of on the list of uh, anticipated things this year. Movies or shows that are going to be released. I know uh, that I have uh, people who are really, really excited about season three of The Chosen coming out, I think, probably around Easter. But, you know, also people who are excited about, well, I don't know, Top Gun and things like that. Uh, Lots of folks excited about college football championship, the Super Bowl, Winter Olympics, all kinds of things, right? And we're looking at things that are maybe more ominous in terms of the future related to foreign affairs. We are anticipating that Russia may well invade Ukraine. China is certainly still on the radar, as is Iran and other bad actors around the world. Um, On the economic front, we are anticipating the continuation of inflation, but we don't exactly know what that will mean, uh, how high it will go. We are anticipating the challenges at work related to the ongoing Um, COVID uh, pandemic. We're learning more about crypto and and things called NFTs and 
We recognize that technology continues to advance in ways that change our lives in remarkable ways. Um, on the political front, we are anticipating things. On the on the weather forecasting front, I got to tell you, it's all pretty ominous. <clears throat> Lots of doomsday forecasters out there. In fact, uh, the Bible made it into the headlines today um, on Axios, where it, you know, they just came right out and said, when you survey the things going on um, in the weather, it looks like you're reading the book of Revelation. Now, I got to tell you, that means somebody at Axios knows what the book of Revelation says. And I think you got to give a hat tip to that every once in a while. All right, let's uh, let's take a very brief break. When we come back, let's let's go less from a worldly point of view in terms of all the things we're forecasting and anticipating for the year ahead. And let's turn our attention to what Jesus says we can anticipate in the days ahead. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. I will bring you your good morning. Coffee will you smile. All right, we are in the midst of the 12 days of Christmas. So if Saturday, December the 25th was day one, I think that, well, January 6th is the 12th day because that's 12th night. That's when you would have a epiphany celebration. So if we work our way back, I don't know. Are we like at nine? I don't know. I'm bad at math. This is not a show about math. <clears throat> if, you, uh, if you're just joining us, this is Mornings with Carmen. It is not a show about math. Um, so I'm Carmen LaBerge, and we are talking about things we anticipate, things we're planning for the year ahead. And from a worldly point of view, you know, there's just lots of things on the calendar, lots of things that we anticipate happening. So what does God have on his agenda for the year ahead? God has prepared in advance good works for us to do. We, we know that from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, God has prepared in advance good works for us to do. We know that Jesus sends us out to be his witnesses, ambassadors of his kingdom, representatives of his gospel, ministers of his reconciling love. Like, we know that that's who we are and what we're sent forth to do on sort of the macro scale. But what does that mean, you know, when it comes right down to the nitty-gritty of it? Um, It means we walk by faith and step with the Spirit. It means we are Spirit-led and directed people It means we are people knit together in ministry as the body of Christ in the world today. It means that we are people who bear light and shine in the darkness of our own particular perverse generation. Philippians chapter 2, by the way, if you're looking for that referent. Um, The disciples wanted to know from Jesus, uh, you know, there's going to be an end to all of this. When will that be? And how will we know? Because every single year at this time, there are people who say, well, you know, this is probably it. 2022 is probably it. I mean, you know, just look at the signs of the times. I mean, it's, you know, the tick-tock, tick-tock. The doomsday uh, clock is fast approaching midnight. The world is surely coming to an end. Here's what I do know for sure. This year, there will be fires, floods, earthquakes, blizzards, hurricanes, tornadoes, heat waves, solar flares, meteor showers, on and on and on. The rain will fall on the just and the unjust alike. It's going to happen. Jesus told us that before he comes again, uh, the things that take place in this sin-ravaged world are going to bear witness to sin. That's what's going to happen. All creation fell with the fall of man. And so when the disciples said, hey, you know, we really want to know that whole when are you coming in your glory business? Like, when is the kingdom coming? When are you going to be enthroned? Um, high and lifted up. And and we hear Jesus uh, tell them in Matthew chapter 24, 
the Bible says this. He sat on the Mount of Olives and the disciples came to him privately saying, well, tell us when all of these things are going to happen. What's going to be the sign of your coming, the end of the age? And Jesus answered them. All right, see that nobody leads you astray. There's going to be a lot of people who come in my name saying, I am the Christ, and they will lead many astray. You're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars. Don't be alarmed. This is going to take place, but the end is not yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in various places, and all of these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Then... You will be de- delivered up to tribulation, put to death. That's, that's the persecution of Christians, which, by the way, is rampant around the world. You're going to be hated by all nations for my name's sake. Many will fall away. That means many people who at once said uh, they were Christians will say they are no longer Christians. Christians, uh, you will betray one another. You'll even hate one another. I don't know if you look at the biting that happens on social media. That's certainly, um, you know, evident today. Jesus goes on. Many false prophets will arise, lead many people astray. Lawlessness will be increased, uh, and the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So will 2022 be the last year in recorded history? Will it be the year of the Lord's coming again? The reset to all things, the new heaven and the new earth? I mean, is is this it? Well, this gospel of the kingdom that Jesus Christ is Lord, this gospel of the kingdom that God has come in human flesh, not only to dwell among us full of grace and truth, but to die upon the cross that we might live, this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. Those are Jesus's words. That, that's what you can count on in terms of what is necessary to happen, what must happen before Christ comes again. The fulfillment of the Great Commission comes first, and then the end will come. So there's still work for us to do. God intends that 2022 be the year of the Lord's favor for us and for others. God intends that we should be his witnesses to those who do not yet know the good news of great joy for all people that we celebrated at Christmas, that Christ has come, and yes, that Christ is coming again. To do what? To make all things new even me and even you. Of this we can be certain. In this year that we call 2022, sin will abound and grace will abound all the more. Whatever whatever else 2022 will be, it is this. It is the year of the Lord. It's the year of the Lord. It is the year of the Lord. It is the year of the Lord's favor. You are favored by God, and this is the year of the Lord's favor in your life. Christ has come. That's what Christmas is all about. Maybe you missed that. Here's the good news. Christmas isn't just a day or even just a season. Christmas is a reality. Christ has come. His presence, his incarnation, his life makes all the difference, and it makes all things different. 
The light of Christ shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot overcome it. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son of the living God, full of grace and truth, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus changes everything, including me and including you. Every day that we have upon this earth and the eternity that is set before us is different because of Jesus. It all belongs to him. And we live each moment of every day from here to eternity in the light of his glorious grace. Amen? Amen. This is the year of the Lord's favor. Let us revel in that reality that we are favored by God. And let us bear positive public witness to others of his goodness and his grace. For only then will the end come. We'll be right back. All right, it is Tolkien Day. Is that right, or is it Lord of the Rings Day? It's Tolkien I, Day. J.R.R. Tolkien Day, yes. <laughs> he was born on this date 130 years ago. And what do we love about him, Paul? Lord of the Rings. Hobbits. And is there, go- yeah. is there going to be is there is there going to be a movie? Is there something we're anticipating this year that's Lord <laughs> of the Rings-ish? Uh, Some I, people are. You know, they did the full trilogy, and then they they made a trilogy out of the short book, The Hobbit. I mean, I don't know what pe- more, more Peter Jackson can do here. Huh. All right. Well... I don't know. Maybe that'd be a fun, fun one. If it's a snow day, if you get a snow day where you live, um, maybe that like watching that trilogy would be worth your effort and time and attention. You'd need a lot of popcorn. I think it's very long, um, but 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 worthy. Okay, so we're gonna talk with Daniel Bennett. He's one of our favorite conversation partners. If you don't know him yet, he's a professor at John Brown University. Um, he writes something called the Uneasy Citizenship Blog. He has a Substack. That's where we find his Uneasy Citizenship Blog. If you're not familiar with Substack, you can go to Substack.com. Um, lots of our favorite um, Christian thinkers, that's where they post their newsletters. And so instead of like having a blog or a website, you have what's called a Substack. So there you go. That's what that is. So you can find Daniel Bennett at danielbennett.substack.com. We're going to talk about fear. Um, Apparently, Americans are having a lot of anxiety right now, and fear is actually on the rise. And more Americans are more fearful at the start of this year than they were at the start of last year. So we're just going to we're going to spend a little time talking about that. Is that you? Are you experiencing more fear at the at the onset of this year than you were experiencing a year ago? And if so, like, where does that align with our sense of faith and faithfulness? All right. All of that up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Mom, Dad, frustrated with the way your family functions today? Beginning to feel like things are breaking down? Hi, I'm Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. Maybe it's your wake-up call. Maybe it's time for a change. Most parents, when faced with turmoil, hardly recall how things got this far out of hand. And sometimes the prospect of changing courses appears impossible. Well, I can assure you that a little bit of structure goes a long way. It's time to get very intentional about adjusting your approach. Change doesn't happen when you just wish the kids would grow up. You need small, structured steps toward creating a peaceful home. 
Are you ready? It's the first day of the new year, a perfect day to change directions. It's never too late to start doing what's right. Want more help from Mark Gregston? Find books and other resources online at parentingtodaysteens.org. Joining us now, Daniel Bennett. He serves at John Brown University. He also blogs. Uh, it's called Uneasy Citizenship. You can find it on his Substack, danielbennett.substack.com. Daniel, welcome back. Good morning. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. Are you feeling happy on this new year? Are you feeling anxious? Are you, like many Americans, feel, feeling fearful? Uh, I am optimistic. Let's put it that way. Uh, we talked last time. Uh, about 2022 being the year of our Lord, just like 2021, 2020, and so on. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of reasons to be concerned and, and, and fearful, so let's, I think we're going to dig into that this morning. Yeah, so you and I are looking at a poll done by, uh, done by Axios, which is looking at the, the rise in the level of fear, the percentage of Americans who say they are uh, more fearful about the upcoming year at this point in time than they were at this point in time a year ago. So Americans are less optimistic and more nervous about what 2022 has in store for the world than they were heading into 2021. I think that the scope of the question is important. Um, and then the context of maybe what has changed in the, um, in the year uh, is important as well. Yeah, that's absolutely right. So we could look at that in a, you know, a couple of different ways. You know, people maybe are looking at their material situation or their health situation. Uh, it didn't help the the question that uh, just as 2021 was coming to a close, there was this, you know, new variant of the coronavirus that is supposedly more transmissible. Um, and so I think, you know, people are maybe just after a couple of years of frustrations or just kind of going into the year more pessimistic. Uh, but it could also just be the case, too, that uh, media coverage, and you know this probably better than a lot of folks, media coverage tends to focus on negatives. Uh, that's what drives clicks most of the time. That's what drives views and eyeballs. And so if people are constantly getting the negative side of things rather than the more positive side, uh, you know, they're more likely probably going to be more fearful and, and uh, hesitant about the new year. So I saw um, someone um that does the weather somewhere, I won't out them here, um, post on Twitter, uh, you know, that this is the, the record rainfall and the record uh, heat, you know, for this year. But of course, it was January 1st when they posted it. And so anything would be a record on that day. Like, right, you could have said it was record snowfall. You could have said it was record, this year's record snowfall, this year's record. So I think that when we... The, when we read anything or watch anything that is posted by the media, we have to recognize there's an effort at sensationalism. There is an effort to get you to drop your jaw and widen your eyes and accelerate your heart rate. Like that's that's what that's about. And so we just have to be very, very aware of that. There is a sensationalism out there that does drive, as you say, clicks. And it's the clicks that then drive us you know, down what can be a very dangerous uh, rabbit hole um, of increasing disinformation. And I think that, that part of the reason that people have so much fear is that 
they believe some things that are not true. Um, and then they anticipate um, very, very terrible things happening in the future. Like, I just think that there's a rise in the sense of being fearful of the future itself. Well, I think I think that's uh, I think that's exactly right. I mean, you saw this at the beginning of the Trump administration uh, with people dressing up as characters from a uh, a uh, Hulu television series that, de- that depicted the submission of women or subjugation of women. Uh, you saw this in any really any beginning of any Democratic presidential administration. Uh, people, you know, buying up guns and ammunition uh, in fear that uh, they'll soon be outlawed or attempted to be seized. Um, and these these fears are shared, like you said, through social media. Um, I tell I tell my classes uh, when talking about Congress and the media, it's very <laughs> it's much more likely for a news organization to focus on something outlandish that a member of Congress has said, or perhaps a a scandal embroiling a member of Congress, than to, or maybe even obviously serious debates and divisions within Congress on a major issue than it is to focus on the majority of issues in Congress that actually pass without, with pretty little fanfare, without much conflict, right? People aren't going to click on a story that said, yeah, Congress passed this bill on water availability, uh, you know, 98 to 2 in the Senate. That's not super interesting. But when we we can see a controversial statement by a House member uh, that really plays on fears and, and highlights divisions, that's going to be much more easily spread on social media, and that's good for the news. So that emphasis or the focus on that which is dystopian versus maybe that which is positive and uh, positively provocative, I think that as Christians, maybe what we should hope to do in the year ahead, and maybe we could each seek to do so today, you know, what does it look like to cast a vision for that which is provocatively positive? Um, the light instead of the darkness. I mean, we know that we live every generation in a perverse generation, but in it, we are to be people of light. We know we live in a generation of brokenness and unreconciled relationships, but we live in the context of that as ministers of reconciliation, people of peace, of people of hope, of people of unassailable joy. I'm wondering here about our public witness, not that's utopian, but that is certainly anti-dystopian. Yeah, no, I think that's I think that's absolutely right. This does not mean, like you suggested, that uh, Christians are to bury our heads in the sand and ignore real problems and real challenges in the world around us. Uh, we're called to seek justice and uh, look out and protect the oppressed and care for the orphan and widow. Um, but we do so in a way that makes use of good information. We use our discernment to seek out truth and not become susceptible to mis or disinformation. Uh, particularly those on social media that seek to divide. So this doesn't mean Christians can't ever see problems in the world, but it means actually seeing real problems as opposed to manufactured ones for the sake of political or cultural division. Yeah, and when we see those real problems, we recognize that there's, you know, there's a real Savior who came to really set people free, really um, liberate people from oppression, really... Uh, open blind eyes. Like he really came to do those real things for real people in real time. I think we lose sight of that. Um, so, Absolutely. all right, Daniel, let's um, let's take a very brief break. And when we come back, we're going to ask this question. Where do you live? Where do you live? Not only where do you live geographically, but where do you live 
ideologically. And where do your neighbors live? That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. He put that All right, where do you live? Where do you live? Not just what's your zip code, um, but where do you live ideologically? Daniel Bennett is with us. Uh, he serves at John Brown University. He also blogs. Uh, it's, it's called Uneasy Citizenship. You can find it on Substack. Um, Daniel, what am I referring to when I ask the question, where do you live, not just geographically, but ideologically? I think you're referring to this uh, piece from David French in the Dispatch uh, from a little while back, uh, where he's talking about the polls in our country, not the polls where you go to vote, but the polls on the ideological spectrum are becoming increasingly uh, crowded, um, where you have folks uh, on the progressive side and the conservative side uh, who are drawn to those extremes. But he's arguing actually pretty uh, convincingly based on survey data from, I believe, the American Enterprise Institute, that there is a large swath of the country who has consistently uh, remained at the towards the center or at least tw- uh, away from the polls on the uh, on the ideological spectrum. And this represents both challenges in our political process, but also opportunities. Yeah. So there's this. You know, there's this middle ground where most of us live somewhere in sort of the middle ground. Most of us do not live on the extremes, but the extremes are really loud um, and they get all the media attention. And seemingly they drive the political agenda. And that's frustrating to the actual majority of Americans who would say, you know what, I'm not all the way over there and I'm not all the way over there. I really, I really do desire to live at peace with my actual neighbors, and I'm willing to give a little here and a little there in order that we can all live peaceably together. So when we talk about what the majority wants and then what gets pushed for on the ideological ends, you then see the, the people in the middle actually eventually say, now, now wait a minute, this is not, this is not what we want. We don't want build back better. And we don't want, um, you know, no public schooling. Like, right. There's, those are extreme right. views. And so help us um, help us sort of find our neighborliness in all of this. Yeah. Right. And I think David French gives a really good example in this article uh, on the issues of uh, policing and immigration. So these are two really hot button issues in our uh, culture and political climate today. Um, on the one hand, you have you know, uh, you have a wing of the uh, of the committed progressives, which I think is what the poll refers to, who want to defund police departments and kind of start from scratch. Uh, you have conservatives, obviously, who want no part of that. The folks in the middle, uh, the these uh, these folks more uh, opposite from the polls, are very much opposed to this notion of wanting to defund the police. And it's not for particularly ideological reasons. It's to maintain a sense of safety and security in their communities. They know that there are real issues out there um, with regards to policing, but the solution isn't to tear things down. Immigration is the flip side of this, where you have conservatives, at least at the polar, at the the, uh, ideological extreme level, seeking to you know, curb not only illegal immigration, but also legal immigration in the United States. The folks in the middle, opposite from the polls, are much more likely to say, no, actually, immigration is good. And in fact, we are actually opposed to deporting 
people who are here in this country illegally, particularly the children of those who had no say in the matter. So this is this is this frustration like you were just talking about. You don't really if you're the average person sitting, you know, in this middle ideologically, who do you throw your weight behind, politically speaking? Right. Is it the increasingly progressive Democratic Party or is it the increasingly conservative Republican Party? You don't feel like you have a lot of good options there. Now, David French says this is a ripe opportunity for a third party to come in and really shake things up. You know, in terms of how our system works, that's that's highly unlikely to have a third party being able to have any success. Um, but it does show the disconnect between the two major parties. And back to your original question on neighborliness, this is where I think your listeners and, and we can focus, I think, more locally, focus on the needs of our community, focus on the things that we can have an influence or a say in. Uh, I, told, I tell students uh, every semester, you'd be shocked at how easy it'll be to get on the phone and talk with a member of your state legislature or your state senate uh, or goodness, of course, like talk to one of the members of your city council. You can have those types of local conversations and try to affect change in a good way for your neighbors at the local level without necessarily getting caught up in the day-to-day maelstrom that exists at the national level. So I think that's just one way we can do that uh, as, uh, as Christians looking out for our neighbors. You know, as we, as we look at efforts um, in 2021, and some of them reach back to 2020 or even a little bit earlier, um, it does seem like the defund the police effort has definitely failed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, just look around. There's police departments aren't being defunded. <laughs> Which I and have to say, is, like, yeah. thankful, like, thankfully, right? Like, we recognize right. as Christians that sin is real. Lawlessness sure. is real. Lawlessness is actually going to be on the rise. Um, I mean, that's according to Jesus. Before the end comes, lawlessness is going to be on the rise, which means that law enforcement is going to be increasingly necessary. I think the challenge or one of the challenges that we face is how does how does law enforcement happen in a culture where an increasing number of people are uh, like anarchists? Like, I think that's actually the challenge that we're going to face going forward. No, I think that's fair, uh, you know, because, you know, in the past, law, law enforcement exists, obviously, to maintain order. Uh, and for folks who don't have any interest in maintaining order, that's kind of a that's kind of a they're, they're butting heads at that particular moment. I think also with the defund the police movement, there's obviously some activists who are absolutely in favor of, yes, we don't want any more policing. Um, but I, I would I would uh, based on polling and based on some rhetoric from from some in those communities, the emphasis is more in the terms of reallocating certain funding within police departments to social workers, especially for responding to like those who are mentally uh, troubled uh, mm-hmm. instead of sending officers into escalate situations. But you're right. Um, as we have a culture that's increasingly lawless, uh, particularly not just politically, obviously, but in response to political and cultural issues, I think that makes the challenge for law enforcement much, much more difficult. I, uh, I'm going to make a, a 2022 prediction, and that is going to be uh, the rise of um, professionalized security services that are not technically law enforcement. I mean, they're not technically, like they're private companies, but they are serving in a very, very public way in front of stores and, you know, neighborhoods and these kinds of things. I think that, um, I think that as the government 
is no longer protecting personal property or people. People are going to pay to have those things protected. And anybody who's traveled internationally knows mm-hmm. exactly what that looks like. Yes. Because that's, that's what happens right. in the rest of the world. Yeah. I mean, on the, uh, on the one hand, you think, uh, you know, as Americans, you think you, you see that or you think about that and you sa- it sounds almost dystopian, you know, to have these private security firms active. But like you said, this is pretty common in the rest of the world. You know, I've had uh, friends uh, travel to Africa and African countries, uh, and there are literally gated compounds with armed security oh, yeah. uh, at the at the compounds, and that's normal. It's expected because of the safety issues. So, you know, you you could imagine some of these large multinational corporations in the U.S. saying, "Well, you know, with all the vandalism and concerns over theft, et cetera, you know, why not post a couple of armed police officers outside a Whole Foods?" Are, and not police, right? But these are private security firms um, mm-hmm. or the Apple store. We can call them iCops, I suppose, mm-hmm. right? You could see mm-hmm. that happening. Um, so I think that's an interesting prediction. Uh, and I think some will look at that and say this is a sign of the end times. Other people will look at that and say, well, this is just the inevitable, inevitable change in our culture as a result of this lawlessness. Mm-hmm. And for those of you listening and freaking out about that, um, churches yeah. have uh, <laughs> churches have already done this. Yeah. So, oh, right, yeah. sober, sober-minded yeah, right. Christians have already done this. Yeah. Sure. So, yeah, no, um, yeah, absolutely right. Yeah. All right, we got to leave it right there. We look forward to this okay. ongoing conversation, though, with you in, um, in 2022. Daniel Bennett, thank you so much for what you're doing at John Brown University. Um, and thank you for joining us here this morning on Mornings with Carmen. Thanks. Happy New Year again. Happy New Year. We'll be right back. All right. Um, thank you for your comments this morning on the text line. Uh, you can always text me during the show, 877-933-2484. A couple of folks acknowledging that the thing we need to know uh, about Tolkien um, is maybe not the books that he wrote, but the lives he changed, including introducing a friend named Clive to Jesus Christ. That Clive is C.S. Lewis. And aren't we glad that Tolkien led Lewis to Jesus so we could have things like, I don't know, true true spirituality. Um, Yeah, I mean, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. I mean, The Chronicles of Narnia. All of it. You probably have your C.S. Lewis favorite. All right, we're going to have another hour of Mornings with Carmen up next. And yes, I am going to, I don't know, maybe talk about Betty White and John Madden. Yep, yep, that'll be at the top of the hour. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LeBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.